0: Well, let's welcome you back to this week in the association. I'm Rob Panier, joined once again by my good buddy, Kevin Luco. And this week, Kevin and I are honored to welcome back a guest we love having on the show, Milwaukee milkman manager, Anthony Barone. Anthony, thanks for joining Kevin and I this week.
1: Thanks for having me, Rob. Uh, you know, and I always enjoy talking to you and Kevin and, uh, you know, it's sort of that off season time now and it's good to always look back on the
0: season. I think this is show number five for you with us. And, uh, that puts you up in the top five in terms of all-time guests. So you, you must have. No. Uh, you, I, I'm amazed you can put up with the vest that much. No, you know I enjoy talking,
1: and you know anybody that, you know I, any any anybody that brings um, you know independent baseball to the forefront, it's always nice to talk about, and and just you know and, and you know you guys really care about the game, so it's it's always nice to talk baseball.
0: Well, let's talk about season's now a couple weeks over. What, what are your thoughts kind of looking back on the Milkmen at this point? Uh,
1: you know, it was, a, it was quite the season. Um, really proud of the team and in our organization, what we accomplished this year. Um, obviously, the ending wasn't, you know, everything we had hoped for, but um, a lot to be proud of. And, you know, and it starts just even from all the guys that we had signed. And you look through the whole course of the season, what, you know adversity we had, and, and and getting you know to the last game of the year, where I know ten other teams would have liked to have been there too. So um, it was it was really quite the season. Really proud of the guys you know that played for us and our organization, and um, it's just you know it's you know it's baseball. So um, sometimes you have things that go your way, and sometimes you don't.
0: You know, I think one of the most impressive parts about that entire run to the championship series was, you know, Chicago had struggled down the stretch, but they still wound up with a top record, and I think a lot of people looked at them and thought, okay, but well, this is the team you got to expect to win. King County was red hot entering the playoffs, and everybody thought, okay, well, I can see how they would win. You guys really just handled your business, I, I thought, and, and showed that, you know, th- this was a team that was to be, a real force, especially when it mattered most. And I, I thought that said a lot about the, the character of this team.
1: Yeah, really good character, great culture in the clubhouse.
0: Uh, you know, all year I said I, I
1: thought we were probably, if not the, you know, if not the top ta- top team in the league, I thought we were, you know, right there um, as far as talent. Um, and, you know, just the, the type of guys we had. We had a lot of guys that have won a lot of games in their in their careers. And, um, you know, and we were sort of up and down throughout the course of the year, but, you know, whenever we played teams, you know, in the upper echelon of the league, we really, we handled our business. And, um, you know, I don't know if that's a good characteristic or, you know, what, what it's considered, but, you know, we really we really played up to our competition. And, um, you know, we, you know, and then in the playoffs, we were just, we played really good baseball. And uh, anytime you get a Chicago Uh, Milwaukee opening round series too, you know, the guys are really looking forward to that. So it was, it was a lot of emotion throughout the year, a lot of up and down, but um, overall, any, any time, you know, you finish over 500, you have a chance in the playoffs and then you win multiple series, multiple games in the championship series. It's a great season, Um, but you know, it's, it's, you know, there's obviously more left on the table and, you know, those are things that we look forward to accomplishing in the future.
2: So looking back on it now, I, I guess uh, a couple games that stood out to me were a couple of, let's say there, you had a couple of clunkers in Gary. At that point, was there any concern on your part, or do you just brush it off as, okay, that's just two bad nights. I still have faith in my
1: group as a whole. Yeah, yeah none. We had no concern. Um, you know, and we had a nice talk after that game, I think it was, it was a 21 to one game or something last series of the year out in Gary. And, um, and the guys really, we had, we had a nice little talk in the clubhouse after the game and, um, it it didn't deter what, you know, our, our goals were. Um, it didn't affect them. Uh, our guys knew, you know, they were going to come back and what was, I was just talking to somebody tonight, actually, that was like really pivotal part of the season where the next game was the last game of the season, game 100. And, and we really, to be honest, we didn't have a whole lot to play for in that game. But we were in the ninth inning; we were losing, I want to say, by a run or two against Gary. And uh, our guys could have easily packed it in. And the game didn't mean a whole lot. And, um, and we, you know, we battle back, and we and we take the lead in the ninth inning and close the game down to to win the hundredth game of the season there. And it just shows after a game the day before, our guys still battled and 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 you know, and it sort of brought that momentum into the playoffs. Uh, but, you know, we, we were sort of, sort of looked over most of the year, um, you know, as a team that just was sort of, you know, competing and, and, you know, Chicago always gets most of the headlines as does Fargo and Kansas city. So, you know, we're just that team that goes about our business and, um, you know, and Kane County gets quite, you know, quite a few headlines now because George is managing there. So, um it's, it is what it is, and we just sort of handled our business. We knew in the playoffs that we were a team that was going to handle our business, and, um, and, and we did that, and it was, it was a nice little run we had. But, yeah, you know, there's games in the course of a season. I think, I think, Kevin, if you ask any manager or any team, you look through the course of a season, there's going to be games like that. They just they, Some games just get away from you, and it uh, seems like anything you try to do, you know, whatever pitcher you put in, you know, give give the other team the credit where, you know, Gary, you know, they came out and they, and they you know, they, they kicked our butts that day, so.
0: And now, talk to us a little bit, Anthony, about the relationship between you and Dan Kenzie, because this seems to be one of the main reasons why you guys have been so good for this few seasons that you've been the manager here.
1: Yeah, it's just a relationship we have. You know, me and Dan have worked well together and, and with Mike, our owner, and we just we just, you know, we just really – we we try to uh, you know do things together where you know I think it's you know more than one opinion usually on things um, you know we talk about things we, we really value each decision that we make as an organization um, you know and that's something that's really cool about our organization is it's it's every every decision is valued it's not you know um, we really we really look into everything how it's going to affect. Um, the whole team as as a whole and, um, you know, whether it's a clubhouse culture type thing, you know, sometimes decisions we make aren't just based solely on performance or statistical things. Um, We we really dig into, you know, what each player means um, to the whole, to the whole, you know, the whole of the organization. So, but yeah, me and Dan have worked really well together and, um, you know, and Mike Zimmerman, our owner, has always given us, you know, you know, free, free will to do what we need to do. And, and we always communicate with Mike and um, you know, and it's, it's just, it's been a good, you know, been a good relationship. Um, you know, there's always tough conversations and um, but those are things that we really look forward to and, and, and we really can communicate communication, whether it's between me and the GM or me and the owner or me and the players communication is always the most important thing and i making a organization, you know, sort of, Run, run well
0: now anthony you and i talked about this during the season and uh it, it still kind of boggles my mind a little bit I, I get that there are a lot of great managers in the american association guys that have thousand victories and things like that but you seem to be the guy who's overlooked in a lot of those cases and and you know i think for fans to consider that you lost the MVP of the league before the season even began. You lost your number one starter, your closer, one of your best players was signed to go to Mexico. You got all the way to the championship series without two of your best players who were hurt before the playoffs even began. You know, I, yeah. I mean, do you have a, does that bother you at all <laughs> or, or do you even think about that uh, in any way?
1: Not, you know what? Not not one bit. I just I I know I'm always going to be overlooked and that's that's the way I like it. Um, I always have a chip on my shoulder and um, and I think you just said. I mean, if you look if you take a really good look um, at the course of our season with losing Mason Davis, our shortstop, Correll Prime, Chad Setio to Mexico, Jose Espada, Kyle Moore. We could go on and on on the things you know that happened throughout the course of the year. But you know what? At the end of the day, nobody feels bad for you. On the other, you know, the other teams don't feel bad. So you have to still handle your business. You have to make adjustments, and you have to adapt. So, um, it's just who it is, you know. And, and to be overlooked—that's something I sort of, I sort of thrive on. That, and um, I don't, I don't care if I get any recognition. Um, I don't, and I don't go into anything, you know. Looking at other, I, I'm never intimidated either by other managers either. Um, I am who I am. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm from where I'm at, and I, I've made my path you know, the way I've made my past. So it's like, I'm, I'm not, I don't have to apologize, um, for, for who I am. Um, I'm really comfortable in my, you know, in the way I've, you know, done things. And, um, I just know every, every time, you know, when you, you know, and, and what's, what's overlooked too is sort of the type of guys that play for me. And, um, we're we're really a hard nosed group, you know, group of guys, blue collar, um, I try to, you know, I want I want my players to sort of resemble the type of, you know, person I am and, you know, where I come from and, and how I do things. So um, I want my players to play with a chip on their shoulder. And I think that's sort of what happened at the end of the year. People, you know, overlooked who we were and, you know, some of these guys that we had on our team like Logan Trowbridge and certain players that, you know, that have played with that edge for a while. And when they get to that playoff time, it's sort of, it's sort of there's an extra there's an extra gear in there and that's sort of how I feel when I manage you know the bigger the game it's almost like the more up for that I am and um you know I I guess it's just that's just the American association and I have to continue to earn my stripes and you know it's if I if I get recognized great if I don't it doesn't it doesn't affect my life one bit um I'm happy with you know, I'm I'm very blessed with the job that I have, and the players that I have, and uh, my family, and the things that I have going for me in life. The recognition, to me, that doesn't it doesn't mean a thing. Um, as long as you know we play baseball the right way and have fun, and our guys continue to get opportunities. At the end of the day, the last three years, um, you know, our team in Kansas City, I believe, have sent the most players in the league onto back to affiliated or signed um, contracts, you know, internationally. So we're trying to win games and get our players chances to move on. So that's, that's what my job is. And, um, you know, I think we've done a really good job with that. So I, you know, I, obviously, you know, everybody likes to get recognized for things and, um, but, you know, sometimes it's just not in the cards and, you know, I continue to do my job and, um, that's, that's all I can do. I thought a statement victory and a victory that defined
2: the team that you had was game four of the championship series as upstairs in the press box we're all speculating, okay, who's who's he, who's he gonna throw? Who's he gonna throw here? <laughs> yeah. And you went with you went with the Christian Young and I mean it's just the guy was just dynamite, but I mean that's a guy that's been yeah. with you um for several years years now, I believe.
1: Yeah, I've actually known Christian Young. Uh, I got to know Christian. He's from my area up here near Buffalo, New York. Um, And Christian, uh, he's a workhorse, and he he sort of embodies that blue-collar type mentality and uh, his upbringing, you know, how he got to independent baseball. Uh, There's there's no situation that's too big for him. Uh, So, you know, we went with him. Uh, in Game Three at Chicago in the first round, and he you know he threw really well, um, and you know statistically he was one of our best pitchers all year. But another guy that sort of went under the radar um, and didn't get didn't get really recognized. You know he's a starting pitcher that you know he's 94 to 96, um, and you don't really see that much in our league. A six foot six guy, and you know I knew I knew Fargo sort of struggled against velocity. So it's, it was a good matchup I thought for us to throw him in game four and, um, you know, and he, and he really lived on his fastball. He, you know, he, he did what we, he, we thought he could do. Um, but yeah, I've, I've known Christian for a while. He actually, when I managed summer collegiate, um, back when he was at West Virginia university, um, Christian played for me as well. So I got to know Christian, you know, quite a bit. I've known him since he was a high school kid and, um, so it was like, sort of. It was it was a great situation. You know, our season was on the line multiple times this year, and um, he, you know, he went out there and and, and gave us another uh, a, a new life. And um, yeah, Christian was great this year. And um, hoping he gets an affiliate opportunity. He he's been drafted multiple times and never actually signed. So um, we're hoping an affiliated club comes up and gives him a chance because you don't find a six foot six guy that throws 96 very often that can start. So um, hoping he gets a chance this off season.
0: You know, I, I think looking back on the season as a whole, one of the more interesting moves, I, I want to bring probably to the best trade of the season by any club was you trading away Dylan Kelly basically and getting Hector Sanchez uh, from Cleaver not not you know one for one kind of a trade but it wound up working out that way for you where you wound up went trading him eventually to Sioux City you know I was a pretty gutsy call I have to tell you Anthony because Dylan's a, a that kind of hard-nosed guy that fans always like he he's playing a pivotal role for your team as the catcher but you decided to go another direction and, and talk, talk to us a little bit about what that was like around the club when you make a move like that
1: yeah you know it was it was a very gutsy move uh we had traded for Dylan in the offseason and uh, Dylan had, you know, he's an all-star um, this year for us, hitting over 300. And um, there's a lot that goes into these moves that you know the the common fan doesn't really see with salary cap things. And um, you know, we had, we had some salary cap stuff going on halfway through the year, and we were trying to find a way to maybe you know um, lighten the cap a little bit. And and you know, Dylan Dylan's well respected throughout the league. So um, you know, and I know. Sioux City was a a place where he had good memories and, and and I know they were in a playoff push at the time. So we, um, you know, we, we, we knew, we thought we could, and we were also trying to upgrade defensively behind the play too. So it was, it was a little bit, you know, we knew Dylan was really good offensively and called a good game and in different things. Um, But, you know, Hector Sanchez just completely shuts down a running game and, to get through our division, Chicago runs a lot. Cleburne runs a lot. So we, we were really concerned about just controlling a running game. And, um, and there was no better than Hector in the league. So um, we, we, you know, Hector took a pay cut to come to Milwaukee and you uh, really wanted to compete for a championship. And it just sort of worked out. And I mean, I, I know like at the beginning when it first probably happened, you know, I, I know some people just were like, Oh, what, what's Milwaukee doing? but, I think obviously, if you got to watch the games the next you know week, ten days, two weeks, I, it was it was definitely the it was the move of the year. Um, you know, Hector Hector's just every bit of what you would expect as a former big leaguer, on and off the field in the clubhouse. Uh, he really he's just really dynamic as a leader. Um, you know, people really respect what he says, what he does, um, and that's not taking anything away from Dylan Kelly. Dylan's outstanding. had a great career, but you know, Hector, you just don't find a a seven year former big leaguer who's won a world series just, just anywhere. So, um, and it was just, it was a, it was a big difference. Um, We, we sort of sacrificed a little offense we thought with Dylan, but you know, Hector ended up really becoming a big offensive producer for us too. So um, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was definitely a, a move that, that, you know, helped us out. I think more so once we got to the playoffs too, and you could, you know, you you know, good defensive catchers generally can help a team win, win playoff games. So it was, it was a lot of fun having Hector too. We're hoping we get him back next year, and um, you know, he, he still has a lot of good baseball left in him. I know I was in
2: pain watching him in game three as he was blocking ball after ball, and some of them in the one block and not in the probably the best spot to try to block a ball
1: in, but all my <laughs> guns I felt I felt bad for him. Yeah, he yeah, he, he really as you could tell he works hard. I mean, I think he's thirty two years old, but um, you know, as a catcher, you know, all those years of foul tips and balls in the dirt and just, you know, everything that can happen to a catcher. Um he just kept going and those are those are the things, you know, when your teammates see you taking that beating back there um, you know, and you just keep getting up and going and having that energy, um, it, it just rubs off on the other guys. So, um, yeah, he, man, there's a couple points, you know, in some of those games, I didn't like, Oh man, is he going to be able to get up? And, um, he just kept bouncing up and he, and, and the guy always has a smile on his face. Um, always in, in the dugout, you know, and he's always the guy that's, you know, let's go, we can do this. And, um, just a, just a really positive influence in the clubhouse and on the field.
0: Now you got to be honest with us, here, Anthony. Uh, how many yeah. seconds did it take you to realize that Keon Barnum was stealing third base in Game Five? Oh man, when that happened, I'm, well, you know, coaching third, we
1: we had we had talked like so. Fargo plays the shift quite a bit, so when a left-handed batter's up, you know, they're they're generally shifting. But I I, I really never thought like he you know Keon was going to. Take off there, and at first I, I I'm like, oh no, you know, like the O S H I, you know, like oh shoot, and next thing you know, he's moving, and uh, you know, t- and I think Feldman was on, I want to say who's on the mound? No, Joe Jones was on the mound, I think. And Jones, you know, stepped off, did what he was supposed to do, but sort of got him off timing, off rhythm, and then Pena, playing the shift, had to come over, which was an impossible play. And you know they threw it over the fence, and, and we scored a run, and it sort of sparked us. And Sanchez, I think, hit a home run the following, you know, following at bat, and um, it was just unbelievably. Like we were, we told Keon, we were waiting for that all year, man. What happened, you know? And he goes, oh, I brought it out for the championship. I said, okay, well, we loved it, and um, you know that was that was really fun to watch. And yeah, I was I was not I was not expecting that. Um, but those are the things that made our ball club so good and um, you know just 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 like veteran plays like that where you know he the team needed it, he knew we needed it and um, you know he he brought it out so it was, it, was, it was pretty cool to watch that. What was
2: it like coaching third base though I mean it's gotta be you had to almost feel like a steaming locomotive is coming straight at you
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't know if he was going to slide at first or what. You know, I didn't. Ex- I didn't expect the play to begin with, and then I thought, to be honest, I thought the Fargo pitcher was just going to hold the ball because Pina was coming from like uh from near the shortstop position. So, like I said, it was a near impossible play for them to make. But then when they threw the ball, Keon slid. I'm like, okay, just get up and let's go. And um, you know, so he he pops right up, and you know, I. I Wheeled them home, and and that, I think it. I think that tied the game there. So, um, you know, and when we needed it, it was a three-two game, and uh, we needed that energy, and it was it was an awesome play.
2: Yeah, and I thought you made a good point there too. Of that, you know, after that play, it just seemed like Joel Jones became unraveled, and that's when Sanchez hits homer, yeah. and some other guys get on, and it turned to a big inning.
1: Yeah, yeah, it did. It sort of brought the energy to our dugout, and. You know that 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 whole series was like a heavyweight fight, and you know that you know we we thought that might have been like the the knockout punch, but it, it turned out not to be. So,
0: yeah, from from a, an outsider. You know, Kevin and I had a great time watching the series, m- maybe one of the most enjoyable ones we've ever seen here in the American Association. First yeah. time that the series had gone five games since 2017. Are you able to enjoy that at all because of all the pressure going on, or was it just too tense for that? Oh,
1: you know, you enjoy it. You enjoy the moments. Um, you know, it, it's it's such a – it was two two really good teams that, um, you know, you play a 100-game season and then multiple playoff series, and then you get to that point. So you enjoy the moments. And obviously there's a lot of pressure, a lot of stress and, um, you know, but like I, I, I was telling, I was telling my family, you know, it's, it's my third year now in the playoffs and third year in a row. And, you know, those, those situations are, are sort of things you start getting used to. And each game that I've managed now in the playoffs, it becomes, you know, it's never easy. There's still a ton of stress, but, um, you start, you start dealing with that pressure and the stress a little differently. And I'm, I'm enjoying, you know, you and those types of games, you, you have to enjoy it. Otherwise, you know, in my opinion, you shouldn't do, you know, shouldn't be in the business of what we do because I mean, those players are given everything they have. And, um, you know, us as managers, coaches, you know, we, we give a lot for that, you know, hundred plus game season. So i um, really enjoyed a lot of those moments. And, and, you know, you, 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 you you really appreciate and respect what your organization your owner all the staff the GM you know everything that goes into a season you 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 have to appreciate all the all the good times so yeah I looked at it you know there's a lot of stress but also um, you know the just the good moments of the of, yeah man you watch that series like you said it was one of the most enjoyable series probably in the history of the league so um you know, and Fargo's a really good team and, um, a lot of good, you know, I, I think, you know, a cool part is a lot of our players respected, you know, their players and, and, and vice versa. So it was, it was, you know, I guess, you know, the old cliche, if, you know, someone had to win, you know, those guys are good guys over there. So. You know, you know I think a lot,
2: on this, uh, you know, uh, go ahead. let me have this one here. You know, I look back in the game five, too, and, you know, I give you a ton of credit because I don't think there there was never any point where you could say, why didn't Barone do this? Why didn't Barone do that? I thought you you managed a perfect game, but just, you know, just didn't quite turn out right, you know, Uh, but I think you you
1: pressed all the right buttons. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, you know, I, and those are things from a, a nine-hour drive back to Milwaukee, um, then a you know a night you know same distance back to New York. You know, I had a lot of time to think, obviously, and um, I you know I, I asked myself to, you know what could I have done to you know at the end of the day I, I don't think um, you know I I think I obviously did what I thought I could do at that point as a manager, and um, I really was happy with you know, decisions I made. And I was fully like, and I think the, the the best part of it was like, there was not a decision I made, like where I was like 50, 50 on it. I was, I was a hundred percent like invested on each decision. Like this is, I was very confident with each, each decision, each pitching change, um, you know, everything that we decided to do. Um, we were really, we were really happy with, um, you know, we, I, we saw you know, everything was in good position to, to win the championship and um, but you know, there's so many factors too that go into any sport, any game, um, weather conditions, um, you know, umpiring, you know, referee, whatever sport you might, there's so many different things that, that that's involved with the outcome in, in, in a game. So, um, you know, I, I only play a, a bit and a piece of that. So, um, but yeah, you know, overall, I, I really, like I said, I, I thought, um, you know, I, I did everything I could and, um, invested everything I had into that, you know, that game and, and that, that, the whole playoff run was really a lot of fun. And I learned a lot about myself, a lot about my team. And, um, you know, that was, that was a lot of fun. And, uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, uh, I'm competitive and I know there, you know, there's unfinished business still. So, um, you know, going into next year, that's, those are things I got to improve on, and what you know, and what we need to get better at, and um, you know, I, I fully believe, you know, we, you know, are we're, we're we're well set to do big things for the future. So
2: now I know, obviously, you wanted to win the series. I mean, duh, understatement, but yeah, in losing the series like that, could you see a positive out of it as that could be a selling point? to getting a lot of these guys that are wavering on retirement or playing another year to get them to come back to chase that championship once again, can you use that to bring the guys back again?
1: I think we could. I, you know, guys are at such different points of their careers where you don't really know what, what, what's important to them right now. So we'll give them a little bit of time and, 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 you know, we'll, we'll, we'll let them, you know, talk to their families, their friends, you know, whoever it might be. And, um, but yeah, there, we were that close. Um, you know, but it's like I said, so many things happen throughout the course of an off season. It, it is though, um, you know, it's a point like, Hey, let's run this back. We, you know, we have the team to do this. Um, and those are things, you know, I, I hope these guys want to, you want to commit to doing that again. Uh, there, there's a lot of positives to take away from, from, from the season. Um, you know, and like I said, the the goal you know our goals too is we don't want just you know we want our guys to get affiliated opportunities and a chance to get you know that ultimate dream so um you know hopefully that's that's the end game for these guys that you know to get back and get another chance um but we you know we we like what we had and you know we're going to definitely there's going to be you know some moves made and I mean, you know how the independent game works, so it's there's always moves to be made and trying to make our team better. Uh but but overall like, you know, I I'll I'll put those I'll put that team up against anybody. Um you know, it just they had a they had a really, you know, a dog mentality. They came to the ballpark. The bigger the game, the the, the more they I mean, they just they they were hungry and um you could just sort of you could sort of feel it, you know, after that. After we got that call that we were going to play Chicago and you could just sort of see like that laser focus, like, okay, this is business now. And, and, and we had a lot of, you know, there's a lot of heartbreak in the locker room after game five. Um, you know, I'm sure everyone knows that. Um, and, and, but, but those are, that's part of life. And, you know, like those are things that, you know, you learn from. And, um, and, and I try to tell myself, I mean, how many, how many people, would would love to do what I'm doing right now or you know or have that chance to be in a game five to win a championship you know so and we've already you know and like like I told you know I i I've, we've done it and you know I know I can do it now you know I, I I knew I could do that after you know after the 2020 season and the amount of talent that was in the league that year so you know we we know like as an organization we're as good as anybody and um, you know, we go into the off season. You know, really, really high on ourselves, on our, on our team, on our, on our product. Um, it's just, you know, on un- one, one unfortunate inning, and, and, um, you know, but <laughs> like I said, we'll, we'll, we would rather be playing in that situation than, 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 being, you know, than rather than being at home. So, definitely. When you got that call that it was
2: official that Chicago was gonna be your first round opponent that they chose to play you guys. Was there yeah. any motivation in that or did was it realized little well, what many of us in the league were talking about that nobody wanted to make that trip to Texas
1: and back? Yeah, we, we knew like whoever won the division was not going to go play Cleburne. Um, just because uh, the travel Cleburne was hot. Um, it just wasn't probably the best dynamic. And for us, we, we, we were the only – I think Chicago, King County were both in King County. We were on the road in Gary. So it's like, you know, we we, we actually thought, oh, Chicago will just – they'll make it tough on – you know, we didn't think Chicago would pick us because, you know, for the last three years, um, we've be, – be honest, like, you know, we've sort of done pretty well against them um, in all the, you know, head-to-heads, every, everything you look at. Um, we play really well at their ballpark. So we thought, ah, you know, maybe, you know, Chicago just going to pick Kane County and they're going to send Milwaukee to Cleburne. And um, we were, we were, we were sort of surprised. Um, I mean, but you know, at the end of the day, I mean, maybe, you know, you can look at it so many different ways too, because you could look at it like if Chicago thinks highly of us, that's also a good way to like, you know, you play, you got, they had Kinley Kipper, like they had their top guns ready to go too. So, you know, maybe Chicago just thought, if we're going to have to beat Milwaukee, let's do it right now. You know what I mean? So it, I, I really, that's a tough. You know, like there's so I think the one seed, whoever wins, is is in a tough spot. Who you know, they have to choose choose somebody. So um, you know, I, I I find that difficult, but it's it's a cool format, and um, you know, it's I you know, with us in Chicago, you know, we have all the respect for them and. I know they respect us. I don't think it was anything like, oh, they didn't think that we were any good. I think it's just, it's one of those things,
2: you know? What'd you think okay, of the I three think... game series
1: format? Were for forward against awesome. it? Okay. Oh, hundred percent. I don't, you know, I know uh, the old traditional, it's, it's unbelievable excitement. The I mean, it's, you're in that clubhouse. I mean, these players are amped up. I mean, it's every pitch is really important. I mean, um, and the the only thing maybe like I think the first series being a best of three is good. I mean, maybe the divisional championship series could be a best of five. Um, but overall, I mean, the best of threes are pretty cool. There, there's there's a lot of excitement, and um, you know, it's just just I guess every inning, every pitch really means like, oh boy, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot on the line and, but, um, you know, the only thing that, you know, the, 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 the travel days make it a little bit easier, um, in a three game series where you can really like load your pitching staff, like your, your bullpen gets enough rest and, you know, you, you can sort of line up your starting pitching. Like, you know, even with like for us with Shugel, um, you know, we were able to throw him, I think four or five times in the playoffs, so I want to say four, maybe four. I'm not sure. Um, but, you know, the, so that's the only thing with all the travel days throughout the course of the, you know, playoffs, that you get to you get to sort of set out all your pitching up pretty well. You see, the theory I used
2: in my blog, and, yeah, I know I'm just trying to pump my stuff up now, but... Uh, no, it's all right. You know, to me, I felt like first round should be three games but add one ballpark because then you're not using the travel day and then there's the incentive to finish higher in the standings and then go best of because you're dropping that travel day now you've got an extra day to work with where you could go best of five in the final two rounds
1: yeah that's that's yeah that's sort of what i I mean best of five best of five the last two rounds um yeah I, i i mean being in the playoffs as long as us and Fargo were, it was, it was a lot. I mean, it seemed like we were playing for an extra, you know, I don't know, couple, just cause of the off days and everything. So, um, seemed like we were, you know, a couple extra weeks almost. So, um, but no, I, I, I do like the format. Uh, I do like the fact that a lot of teams are involved. Um, it keeps, you know, your fans involved and, you know, at the end of the day, um, that's what, it, that's what this is about is, you know, you know, you you gotta, it's a business too. So the business model is keeping teams involved in the playoff chase. And, um, like I said, the the whole, the one seed thing is, um, you know, it's just weird. Like, you don't even know who you're going to pick, you know, maybe till the end of the year, right at the last day. So, um, it was, it was definitely unique and obviously it worked out pretty well for us. So, I mean, I would, you know, I'm a big proponent and, I, you know, I, I just, whatever they say we do, I mean, it's sort of like, you know, it's whatever's best for the league and that's, you know, that's, you know, and the owners and um, we're always good for that. So uh, it was, it was a lot of fun though. And um, like I said, just, it was, I'm and I know Fargo had a crazy run to get there too. You know, I, I think they were facing elimination multiple times and um, you know, and it was, it was, it was a cool, you know, great experience. And, um, something obviously I'm never going to forget, um, but you know I do go into the off season knowing that there's more there, and um, you know I definitely know, you know, know that that we can do this, you know, year after year. So it's it's a lot of fun. I, I thought the
2: drawback of the whole format though was that it made it for a pretty boring trade deadline day because with eight yeah, teams, all well, you think maybe ten teams bad for playoff spots,
1: nobody's selling. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, in the inside there like to be honest with you, um we you know, looking at I mean, we made the one trade for Hector Sanchez and you know, getting Dylan Kelly to suit. But there wasn't a whole lot of movement in the league at all. Um because like you said, everyone's sort of in it and you you think you got a chance to win it all. So, I mean, it's tough to really you know, wheel and deal when you got teams that are still fighting for the playoff spot. So, um yeah that you know I that is definitely probably wasn't as exciting for people to, to follow or or promote the league because there just wasn't a whole lot of action but um you know most of the teams stayed stayed put with what they thought that you know was good enough to win it all and um you know maybe our you know decision to get Hector was like a you know one of the few trades and it ended up being you know one of the good trades throughout the you know the trade deadline. So. Um, yeah, but it's got to make sure you make a, a deal. Now it's it's gonna it, there's not going to be many deals, so you got to make an impactful deal.
2: Well, you know, Rob, if there's a trade, he's got a story to write. So I he I'm was sure, kind of
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> he was scrapping for stories with his with the quiet deadline.
1: <laughs> yeah, we were all you know, and as managers, we were all like, oh, we're, you know, you you sort of sit by your phone and wait to. Wait to get those calls, and and there wasn't there wasn't a whole lot going on this year. So,
0: no, so Anthony. Kind of looking back, you were talking about um, Kevin was asking you about you know Chicago choosing you, um, and yeah. and you were talking about that that really didn't matter to you. But yeah, you know, I'm kind of curious because a lot of people talked about the Kansas City Fargo series was the real championship series, you know, because they were the yeah. two best teams, kind of thing. Do you enter that championship series going? You know. These guys are really disrespecting us from the very start.
1: No, uh, we, we we got it all year long, so we're we're good with it. Uh, we knew we knew what people thought of us, and um, you know that was fine. Even though like people, you know, we were we were over five hundred against Kansas City during the regular season, so um, you know, and it, it's 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 all you know. We we sort of knew that people thought the Fargo Kansas City winner was you know ultimately going to you know run away with everything, but that's what we read and. But I, I think to be honest our players don't look at that stuff and they don't they just go out and you know they play the game hard and um, like I said it's you know our group was our group is a pre- our group was a pretty tough group and um, you know it, it, it didn't matter if we were playing the Yankees or, or Kansas City or Fargo like they would they were they'd approach the game the same way and um, we, we never really, Never felt intimidated by anybody, um, and uh, you know that was that was one of the really good things about this group of guys.
0: Now, as you kind of look forward to next season, um, you were talking mm-hmm. about building a roster and who will be around. Any yeah. possibility that a former MVP may be making his way back to Milwaukee? Who who might that be? <laughs> Adam, Adam Walker, uh, Walker or something, something like that. Uh, yeah.
1: No, we're, Adam Walker had a phenomenal year over in Japan, and, and I think he'll be inking a multi-year deal over there. Um, You know, we, we thought we had an MVP with Brian Torres this year. Um, You know, I think you saw in the series too, uh, and you know, how important that, you know, he was to our team um, and sort of what he did for our team. Um, You know, so now we'll, we'll, we'll always try to find those guys, but now we, we, I don't, I don't foresee a future or a former MVP playing for us. Uh, And I mean, well, Keon will hopefully be with us. Um, But yeah, we, uh, you know, Adam Walker, yeah, he's had a, what a year he had in in Japan. And um, that's so good for the league when, you know, when a guy gets to that level and has the success, it shows our guys can go, go play anywhere and, and do well. Um, But yeah, we're just trying to, you know, look at, look at some of our deficiencies, some of our strengths and, we sit down and and uh, analyze it all, and um, you know we we think, you know we think you know with those few you know those couple key injuries that we had this year, um, you know you you give us those guys and, and different things. I mean, um, we, we, you know it might be a different might be a different outcome, but uh, uh, we think you know we we've we've got a good team coming back. Uh, like I said though, you know, like you said before, we don't know with retirement or what guys might get, you know, you figure guys like Torres, Rodrigo Benoit, certain guys are going to get picked up, affiliated. Um, and you hope that, you know, that happens for those guys. So, um, you know, I think Rodrigo Benoit was probably the best arm this league has seen in some time. Um, I'm assuming, you know, he if, if not next year, I mean, he, he's a guy I think you'll see in the big leagues fairly soon. Um, you know, his stuff is just, it's incredible. And, uh, you know, so there's going to be, Certain guys, you just you you know, they're going to get picked up. So,
0: are, are you anticipating? You talked to, uh, during the season with us about Miles Smith had played winter ball. It looked like that might have kind yeah. of given him a, a a little bit more tired heading into this season. Do you expect him to take the off season off, or are you looking for him to head to winter ball as well?
1: You know, not not really sure what Miles is going to do right now. I know, you know, and winter ball. It affects pitchers more than I think it does positional players. Uh, Miles was coming off the heavy workload from from 2000 and, from 2021, and um, you know, and he had never never pitched winter ball, so we weren't really sure what to expect. Um, and you know, he came back a little bit different this year, and um, just just trying to uh, you know, I think figure out what what he can do from a standpoint of innings wise in, in a year so it's um you know I, we do have guys playing winter ball but um you know we're not not 100 sh- you know it's 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 something the guys you know financially do too and and it sort of you know helps helps them out too so it's 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 a different experience and a lot
0: of these guys like to do it so Well, as you're looking to the next season, do you, kind of not specifically talking about players, but is there any kind of different direction in terms of, like, you want to focus on an area a little differently in terms of pitching, let's just say, for example, than you did in previous years, or or anything you're looking to do differently for next season? You know,
1: not really, just sort of um, unwind right now, and you know, let's see where our guys, you know, what they decide to do. and then you know, and it's always a lot. It comes down to contract negotiations, salary cap, um, you know. But but overall, you sort of see, uh, you know, in twenty twenty, we want pitching and defense, you know. And then you know, even last year, I, we in 2021 we had the best record after seventy five games, and and we, you know, we were doing it with our with our pitching, and um, you know, this sort of this this postseason run was you saw you saw our pitching our bullpen our, our start it was it was based on pitching and defense and then you know unfortunately in game five it sort of came to our head our, our defense sort of let us down a little bit so you know that, that you, you build your team with good pitching and good defense and um that's sort of you know what we want to get back to and um you know i think you know i think you you always give yourself a great opportunity when you can pitch the ball well and you you know you play catch and you know you got
2: that nice little building next door to you now where maybe you can lure some guys in i'd like to swing the
1: golf clubs a little bit on their free time (laughs) yeah yeah it's nice what we have going on in franklin you know mike uh mike zimmerman has really created quite the campus up there for our guys and um you know it's a great it's a great recruiting tool and it's it really you know on a you know on a summer day you got the golf you know in the morning you go over there and hit some golf balls you work out over at the indoor facility you know these guys have everything they need to get better on, from a baseball standpoint um, and then it, it just as an entertainment standpoint too it's it's a lot of fun up there you know um summertime is you know baseball and and, and there's so much entertainment up there that we really that we really enjoy you know our time in franklin and uh, we have great fans, great support, you know, in the short time we've been in the league, it's it's getting better each and every year. So we really, you know, we we believe we we keep growing and like little things like you said, you know, with the uh, with the golf, the Lux Bay golf, golf dome or the golf um the, the gol- I don't know what you call it, the golf uh golf practice center. Um, you know, it's it's a lot of fun and uh you know, I even catch myself over there on Game day, sort of. Yeah, I'm going to go hit some golf balls and get my mind away from baseball for a couple, you know, a couple minutes. And um, it's it's just really nice that we have the ability to have those things, and um, you know, and then the then the community comes in and sees the ballpark that we have and the facility, and you know, it, it makes them want to go to a game. And um, then they come to a game, and it's it's sort of like you know, just every, it's like a springboard to other things. So um, yeah, we, we have an incredible incredible facility up there.
0: Now you were talking about relaxing in the off season. Uh, you got an exciting thing going on there in your hometown, so I know you got to be pretty thrilled right now.
1: Oh uh, yeah, you know we, uh, yeah we, you know with um you know, the Buffalo Bills. Is that what you're talking about? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Buffalo's a little north of me, but but yeah, they're 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 my hometown team. Um, yeah, it's the off season you know just like i said you know with a longer postseason run and just just unwinding and and getting away from the game for a couple days is important i think um but we you know i'm a big buffalo bills fan and um you know it's just you know they sort (laughs) of they they give our community quite a bit of um you know enjoyment and uh you know we're hoping this this can be the year and it's it's you know they they bring out that blue collar mentality and um buffalo buffalo like i said before buffalo is a lot like milwaukee i think that's why i really feel comfortable over there and um good people um close to you know we're close to lake erie they got we got lake michigan over in milwaukee and um you know same weather um you know it's it's very similar and um i think it all starts with the people though it's just you know Big football, you know, they got the Packers over in Wisconsin, we got the Bills, and it's just good people, and, you know, really appreciate good entertainment, and and good food,
0: <laughs> so, a lot, of, a lot of fun. But are the milkshakes, are the milkshakes as good in uh, Buffalo?
1: No, I mean, we got our, we got our Buffalo wings, we got our chicken wings. And, okay, uh, okay. That Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think from a food standpoint, Milwaukee's got, you know, it's different beers, and it's cheese curds, and... Um, a lot of good things like that, but you know, in, in Buffalo, we, we're we're known for our chicken wings and our and our bars and 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 our food as well. So, um, yeah, we uh, it's 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 neat. You know, it's a uh, it's a cool, cool, cool dynamic. Like like I said, though, it's it's very similar to home for me, and I feel as if you know, Franklin now has become my second home, and um, really, like like I said, though, the fan support's been tremendous, and it was a lot of fun seeing those fans get behind us during the playoff run and, um, helping us, you know, get through it. And, um, you know, and I think they have a lot, you know, we have a lot to be proud of and just keep going. You know, that's, that's, I think if anything, it, it, it motivates me more that we lost and if we won. So, um, you know, I'm very, very motivated going into next season. And, um, we have a lot to look forward to and, um, you know two out of three years i've managed i've I've been in the championship series and um you know and and a lot a lot you know i've learned quite a bit in these three years
0: well anthony we want to thank you for coming on but you know you're yeah. as, uh, being a frequent guest you know that our, our guest always gets a final thought so take us out here today yeah yeah uh, yeah just
1: you know i think um reflecting on the season uh very very happy and proud of what we accomplished um you know but you know but there's more there's more to come from milwaukee um we we believe we you know we can be the franchise that does this each and every year uh you know just getting those right group of players to believe every year and getting the right talent um but you know ultimately you know we were we were right there and uh, we, we think, you know, the future is very bright. Um, but just, you know, enjoying, like I said, you have to enjoy the moment too. And, um, I definitely enjoyed, you know, this, this playoff run and, um, seeing those players competing every, every game. And, you know, it, it was so much fun being a part of that. And, um, and it's, you know, something already it's only been, I think not even two weeks, but it's, uh, it's, you know, I miss it already. So, um, really looking forward to, you know, being back and, 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 you know, once again, thanks to the, thanks to our fans who have been so tremendous and, um, you know, and, 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 and obviously the players and, and staff and Mike Zimmerman and Dan Kinsey and, you know, the whole group, the whole group that, you know, puts this thing on and, and we, uh, you know, we'll be back that's for sure. And, um, just you know, just it's just a lot of hard work, and we'll we'll get right back there.
0: Fantastic, Anthony Barone. Thanks for joining us this week. Yeah,
1: thank you. All right, guys. It. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate all the help,
0: and uh, you know all you know all the. Well, Kevin, always great to have Anthony Barone on. A fun guest to have for sure.
2: You know, I was thinking about this day when you told me that we had Anthony Barone booked for tonight, and. You know, I think there's a lot of managers out there in the baseball world that would have maybe told us, you know what, guys, I I don't really want to talk about anything now. You know, it was a tough loss, and I really don't want to talk, and maybe somewhere down the road. But not Anthony Perrone. I think that just speaks volumes for his character that, um still relatively fresh off of a heartbreaking loss in the championship series. and. He um, was kind enough to come out with us tonight, so I appreciate that. And um, as, as um uh, you and I would know, but maybe not the fans out there, I mean, Anthony's a guy that, with both of us this, this year, half an hour before game time, he would take time to go over by, like, the souvenir shop at um, Franklin Field, come over and talk with us for 10 minutes before before a game. I mean, that's just... There's a lot of managers that just don't even want to deal with anything right before game time, but Anthony was always kind enough to take time and come over talk baseball with us and then get um, on with his duties of managing a ballgame.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. Not only just a, a, a great his, – his players love him. Fans love him there in Milwaukee. You know, sometimes I hear comments from opposing fans or whatever about their attitude about him or whatever, and I think, well, you know, his job isn't to make you a happy person. (laughs) You know, his job is to help his team and his community win. So it's, like, good for him, you know. But uh, a guy who who loves his organization and and just a a real genuine human being, you know, I mean, you're getting – Anthony Brown is the same person 24 hours a day, every day of the week, you know, and it's one of the things I really liked about him from the very start. And, you know, Kevin, for us personally, you know, a lot of times um, we're not, you know, we're the outsider. I mean, we're, you know, we're not, we're not technically in the league kind of thing, but Anthony's never treated us like that. He's always liked us and, and wanted to share his thoughts and always wanted to be a part of the show. And so we're very appreciative of what he does for us as well. So. Good guy. We like him
2: a lot. I thought you made an interesting point there. (laughs) Just got me to thinking. Just think, as a professional ball player or a professional manager, your job, half of the time, is to make sure the fans go go home unhappy.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly right. So, you know, that's... uh... That's the kind of, the kind of guy he needs to be. And, you know, uh, and I, you know, and I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think he has any problems sending home Fargo fans unhappy or Cleveland fans or Chicago fans or whatever, but, but that doesn't mean he'd be a jerk about it. You know, he's just a, he's just a good guy. So we, we like that about him. Fantastic guy. Well, Kevin, around the American Association, not a lot going on. A a little bit related to transactions right now. We know Chicago has been making some moves to already offer contracts to guys that have been with the club. Um, this last year, like Ryan Lidge and Shane Berringer were both Harvard kind of put in position where they were reserving their rights for next season. Not a surprise move to see that kind of thing go on. Fargo did the same thing with a number of guys, including like Alex DeBord and Drew Ward and a lot of these guys. And it's just common practice at this time of the year. Just not surprising for us to see stuff like that.
2: No, just a lot of buck work going on, but nothing, nothing I think you can really etch in stone for the 2023 season yet.
0: Uh, Two interesting moves out there in the Frontier League. Um, Kevin was pointing out to me here that uh, they already came out with their schedule, Kevin. Uh, We're going to be waiting like two months for the American Association schedule to be out. They're already out there in the Frontier League.
2: I was kind of surprised by that. I don't know if it's, I guess the other part I'm surprised by is that they're going to go into next season with uh, the Empire State Grays um, as a Road team once again, so I guess they don't have any viable expansion prospects going on out in the East Coast. So I guess they've already resigned themselves to the fact that there's going to be a, as a, as my good friend Bill Tyler used to refer to as a roadkill team.
0: Now I have to say the the one thing I will give credit to this early schedule here is that I would assume that gives you a lot more opportunity to go out and sell tickets and get sponsors on board and group sales and that kind of thing there. So, you know, <laughs> I, I'd be interested to see if this boots ticket sales for them by having these extra two months. So, uh, you know, could work in their advantage.
2: Yeah, you know, that, as a whole for the league, it keeps the league in the headlines at least for a little bit too, before we get too much into the deep of winter.
0: Also, in uh, an interesting move, Pete Incaviglio, I think, has managed in virtually every independent league out there, but is a, a longtime success story in many independent leagues. But he'll be returning to Tri-City uh, for the 2023 season. And uh, so interesting character, guy I like a lot, uh, had a chance to talk to him on a few occasions. Um, <laughs> definitely PG+, plus. I'll say, if you want to hang out with him for a little while, so for sure. So congratulations, Pete. Welcome back there to Tri-City. So,
2: yeah, you, you talked about another guy that has no problem sitting in other people's fans, so I'm unhappy. That's, a, <laughs> that's a Pete Incavillia in a nutshell right there.
0: Yeah, I think the difference between him and Anthony is that uh, Pete and Incavillia would drive off that. Let's <laughs> see that as a fun thing for sure. So absolutely. Uh, out there in the Atlantic League, they named Mauro Gozo uh the Gastonia honeycut I think I said moral correctly there. The Gastonia Honey Hunters uh manager as the manager of the year. Not surprising, uh he won both halves uh, of the uh season there in the Atlantic League. So he had a fantastic season out there. Glad to see that. Um the Atlantic League champion, I believe Kevin wound up being the oh let's see here we who are we talking about? A Lancaster wound up one of the, the- yeah. Yes, they did. They did win the championship out there. So congratulations to the Lancaster Barnstormers as the Atlantic League uh, champions this year. So, Oscar La Cruz named as the Championship Series MVP. So, congratulations to them. Um, I believe that uh, now we're just going to kind of see what's going to go on here in the in the uh, off season for a few months. You're going to see some signings out there, fans. For kind of new to Kevin, my show here. Um, you're not going to see a lot go on for a couple of months here as teams. This is kind of the cooling off period, I guess we'll call it right now. And uh, in a couple of months, the American Association will come out with their schedule. We're going to have Josh Schaub on next week, the commissioner of the American Association, who uh, kind of teased with me that he, he, he might have some very big news for us next week. So uh, he's been teasing that with me for five months. So maybe I finally get to see what it is here. So we'll, we'll look forward to that. Hopefully, Kevin, expansion team. And we we'll talking about that? you know I
2: mean I'm always excited about expansion I mean i I realize you can't expand just to, for the sake of expanding and having more teams you got, there's just so much more that goes into it as far as having a ballpark ready having a good ownership group ready, having a group under the ownership that knows how to run the ball club so I realize it's probably best you take your time to expand. But I mean, when that moment does come, it is pretty exciting.
0: Well, think about the last four expansion teams too, Kevin that we've really got to enjoy. So you had Cleburne, Chicago, Milwaukee, and Lake country. And think man, all of them. We love uh, ballparks are fantastic. Uh, managers are great. I mean, they, they've done things first rate there. Now you got King County that came in as not technically an expansion team, but a new club as well. And, uh, I mean, they do things right, and no denying that whatsoever. And they've made sure they've gotten quality organizations, good ownership groups, and um, it's why the league is getting stronger and stronger. So, what we got to figure, though, Kevin, is that if it is about expansion, that it's not just one team because uh, they don't really like to have that traveling team here. So you, maybe we're looking at two teams for next year, and uh, then we're going to see a crazy realignment of divisions <laughs> once again, maybe. Yeah, another shuffling of the deck chairs. <laughs> Hopefully we're going to see some down south so that Cleveland doesn't feel like they are the redhead stepchild of the league being out there a 1,000 miles from their nearest <laughs> nearest competitor, it seems like. So we'll see if that winds up being the case. Kevin, I think that that uh, covers all the American Association action, and so time for our favorite time, the Kevin Luco final thoughts.
2: I'm just gonna keep it simple this week. i just I don't know how many people in Florida listen to us, but if there's anyone listening that have family down in Florida that were affected by the hurricanes, I um, just want to send out my best wishes that I hope everybody down there can recover and rebuild because I just know that's a such a popular area down there for tourists and for retirees and even people that just lived down there, and it's just, you know, Mother Nature can be a can be a devastating mother sometimes, and um, she really delivered with Hurricane Ian. So, hoping that um, we'll start hearing some success stories of people rebuilding down in the Fort Myers area.
0: Yeah, I know my daughter is in Orlando and uh, had power lost for a few days. Finally restored yesterday for her. Um, but I'm a lot of American association people. Nate Sampson lives down there. And so does Steve Montgomery and, um, former T- Tony Thomas, the former Wichita Wingnut and St. Paul, St. Great, uh, lives down in that area too. A lot of those guys live down in there. So we're hope they're all doing fine that uh, they battled through and are, um, safe and their families are okay and, and everything's going good. So, uh, our thoughts are with you out there and we're hoping out all as well. Good thought there, Kevin. Cause, uh, sometimes I neglect to consider the, the world around baseball sometimes. So good. You brought that up. Well, once again, we want to thank Anthony Barone for joining us this week. Next week, again, Josh Schaub will join us on the show to talk a little bit about what's going on around the American association and Kevin and I are going to go a deep dive, We're going for a deep dive with a commissioner. We're not, we're not just talking American association baseball. We're we're going to learn about the man next week. That's what we're looking for because uh, we'd like to know Josh Schaub a little bit better and, Hopefully he'll share some stuff about his life with us and so you fans can get to know him too, because pretty extraordinary guy and how far he's gotten in his life here. So it be fun to talk with him about that. So for Kevin Luco, I'm Rob Panier. We'll see you next time on This Week in the Association.